Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the Day Sun Digest podcast. I'm your host today. I'm Angelina Davis, one of the liaison clinical pharmacists, and I wanted to take a different approach to our conversation on today and talk a little bit about a challenge that many of us have at our local facilities. I have seen this definitely occurring within our network with the hospitals that I am able and honored to assist and collaborate with. And today our podcast is entitled Ideas for Antimicrobial Stewardship in the ED. So the idea for this podcast episode came about after reading a recent article in Clinical Microbiology and Infection. Um, This is actually an article that was published earlier this year, uh, and uh, I thought it was very interesting because it gave a narrative review of ideas for stewardship interventions within the emergency department. And we all know that the emergency department can be a huge challenge when it comes to controlling and optimizing antibiotic use, primarily because it's a very hectic environment. It's also one where staffing potentially could be limited either by manpower in terms of resources or by the dedicated time to each patient, depending upon the volume. So there is an importance for us to really consider how we approach stewardship in the ED and practical guidance as to how to approach this has been largely unavailable. So this particular review was very interesting to me because it helped to generate some ideas for how we can approach stewardship in this very complex and chaotic environment. So the reference for this article is Clinical Microbiology and Infection, Volume 27, published in 2021, and it is found on pages 204 through 209. Just to let you know a little bit about what this article actually is, it's a narrative review that aims to describe the specific aspects of antimicrobial stewardship in the ED And also to summarize the results of improvement studies that have investigated the effect of antimicrobial stewardship programs in the ED setting. The lead author on this study is Larissa May. And I think, once again, this is a wonderful opportunity for us to dive a little bit deeper into some ideas for stewardship intervention in the emergency department or in the ED and how the literature supports those efforts. To give you an idea of how the group pulled together the articles that they utilized for this research and this review, they performed a search on PubMed for articles that describe characteristics of antimicrobial stewardship in the emergency department or in the ED. Now, from that search, they found 183 publications and two investigators independently screened all of the titles and abstracts to select potentially eligible articles for full text screening. And as a result of their work, they were able to really uh, drill this down to about 18 papers that were retrieved from which information was extracted to differentiate antimicrobial stewardship in the emergency department or in the ED from general antimicrobial stewardship. And they utilized those studies in a very uh, structured way in order to develop some of the key ideas and points that they wanted to summarize and highlight in this review. But more details about the breakdown of the studies that were selected, I encourage you to refer to tables S1 and S2 in the original publication that we will have attached to this podcast episode. In their initial review, the authors noted four key areas of importance within the ED for us to target for antimicrobial stewardship. One is that 
And microbustorship in the ED is really concentrated around the whole process of clinical diagnosis, meaning that from the stewardship standpoint, some of the most important questions that we need to answer are, is there a rationale for starting antimicrobials for this diagnosis? Should we treat right now or can we wait? So those are key things to think about as we are considering interventions that we want to position in this initial at this initial touch point. Now, second is that they noted that antimicrobial stewardship in the ED is strongly focused on empiric therapy. I think we all kind of understand that concept, but really honing in on things such as timing, choice of spectrum of the antibiotic, the route, the dose, and the dosing interval, those are all key aspects of stewardship that are encouraged to answer that particular question. And third, the authors noted that the ED emphasizes the relevance of appropriate culture taking and other microbiological tests before starting antimicrobial therapy. Many of us likely can relate to always trying to ensure that we get uh, the proper diagnostics uh, done and complete before antibiotics are administered. And then last but not least, they noted that antimicrobial stewardship in the ED needs to address follow-up for outpatients who are discharged for the ED, either with or without antimicrobials and or cultures being taken. So those are four key areas that in this literature review, the authors noted as key areas of focus for antimicrobial stewardship efforts. With one of the first challenges noted uh, for antimicrobial stewardship in the ED being whether or not antibiotics should even be started or administered, it is not surprising that many of the studies that were included in this review utilize evidence-based guidelines and clinical pathways for targeting antibiotics and antibiotic use in the ED. What was very interesting is that many of these studies actually focused on single infection types. So for instance, this may include clinical guidelines or pathways for respiratory or urinary tract infections, as well as community-acquired pneumonia. Now, one area that seemed to present somewhat of a challenge was when the study utilized an intervention that tried to or attempted to avoid inappropriate antibiotic prescribing for non-responsive conditions. So these are scenarios where we would want to avoid use of antibiotics. Those results were mixed. So in this review, what was found is that many of the studies that were included found success with clinical guidelines and clinical pathways that advise initial empiric prescribing and directed that prescribing as opposed to really avoiding use when antibiotics may not be appropriate. Oftentimes, this was employed utilizing education uh, within the department as well as utilizing other tools that allowed uh, for easy retrieval of the information, whether that was a particular handout from the ed education or some other type of intervention that was built into the electronic system as a computerized algorithm. So those approaches were commonly used and also rather successful, I would say, in many of the instances that were cited. Now, if we dive a little bit deeper into why some of these initiatives may have worked well in the ED, we find that oftentimes in this particular review, 
the studies utilize a very multifaceted intervention or multidimensional approach. By doing so, they typically included an educational intervention, the implementation of a pathway or guideline to treat the infection, and then they also included an audit before and after the application of the antimicrobial intervention with or without feedback in order to address the need for behavioral change. What was also very common about many of the approaches identified in this review is that they focused on one condition. So instead of being very complex and focusing on multiple things, they hone in on key disease states. And most notably, those were UTI as well as respiratory tract infection, most likely because those are frequently seen within the emergency department. These approaches help to target initial empiric therapy. And when you look into greater detail and take a deeper dive into many of the studies that were referenced, you'll find that they largely had a significant impact on things such as antibiotic dosing or antibiotic durations of therapy, as well as improvements in overall antimicrobial or antibiotic use. What was also very interesting is that if you look at the antibiotics that were largely targeted, you'll see that fluoroquinolones led the pack. Definitely they are overprescribed oftentimes in our EDs, and that is a notable uh, trend that was seen among many of the studies, including targeting other agents such as amoxicillin prescriptions, as well as many other outpatient antibiotics such as amoxicillin clavulanate and uh, cefpodoxine. Of note, the authors actually emphasize the relevance of appropriate culture taking in other microbiological tests before starting antimicrobial therapy as one of the key aspects of antimicrobial stewardship in the ED. However, they did not fully address this issue in the review. And in my humble opinion, this was one key component that was missing. Now, what actually could be the case is that this is incorporated into some of the clinical pathways that were utilized in the various studies that were noted, but it was not clearly outlined or highlighted in this particular review. So in terms of a focused intervention to increase the appropriateness of culture taking, that piece was missing uh, in the overall summary of the data. Now, one of the biggest challenges that we face in the ED is really how to effectively follow up on patients that are discharged to ensure that they have received appropriate therapy and that they are being managed appropriately based upon the cultural results that are obtained. And this has been previously described before, so this is not the first review to address this issue, but I thought it was very interesting that when they looked at uh, a number of the studies, and really there were mainly, I think, only two studies that were included in this particular review that targeted that as a focused intervention, when they looked at the data from those studies, similar to previously published information or, or data, we find that pharmacists played a major role in that process. And so when callback programs included pharmacy staff and the pharmacy staff that was dedicated to that effort, they saw a reduction in the duration of inappropriate antibiotic prescribing uh, in um, pretty much all of them. Uh, also in this particular review, 
There was one study that I found very interesting, and that was one that compared 12 months of review of cultures after patient discharge, either by an ED physician or a pharmacist. And what was very interesting in that study is that the results were actually better for the pharmacist. So, and the pharmacists actually uh, yielded a greater rate of antibiotic modification and fewer readmissions uh, related to review. Now, this study was actually an older study that was published in the American Journal of Health System Pharmacists back in 2011. Uh, it was in volume 68, pages 19, sorry, 916 through 919 uh, on the effect of pharmacist-managed culture review process on antimicrobial therapy in an emergency department. This is data actually came out of Carolina's Medical Center Northeast uh, at that time, and They looked at, like I stated before, 12 months before implementation of the pharmacist managed ED culture review process in the medical center's emergency department where physicians reviewed uh, over 2,000 culture reports. And at the time when the physicians were reviewing therapy, they recommended and ordered antimicrobial regimen modifications in about 12% of cases. And in about 19% of those cases, patients were readmitted to the ED within 96 hours of discharge for treatment failure. Patient noncompliance, allergy to medication, adverse drug reactions, or other reasons. However, when they looked at the 12 months after program implementation, which is when the pharmacist initiated uh, antimicrobial regimen modifications, they did that in about 15% of cases, and they only saw about 7% of readmissions in the ED. So with comparatively lower rates of readmission for treatment failure, noncompliance, and allergy to medication, then they found that the pharmacist-managed culture review process was more effective than their traditional practice of uh, review by an ED physician. So I think there are four key things that we can learn from this particular narrative review. One is that Additional literature is definitely needed. When it comes to antimicrobial stewardship in the ED, this is still pretty much somewhat uncharted territory. So we don't have a lot of literature and clinical data to support our practice. We can glean a lot from what has been done in the inpatient setting and utilize that in the ED. However, we have to always be mindful that the emergency department of the ED is a very different Uh, different world. It's a very different world. And so we cannot assume that the same interventions that work for us in a very controlled inpatient acute setting are going to translate easily into the ED setting. Uh, However, we need to definitely continue to explore this piece. And we also ourselves need to think about how we can contribute to that growing uh, amount of literature that we are searching for. Now, the second thing is that Empiric prescribing is and is will always be a key focus area for antimicrobial stewardship in the ED. And we can utilize education, clinical pathways, as well as evidence-based guidelines to really optimize use and improve that empiric prescribing. Third is that it appears to be best if we have a very focused and targeted intervention for one condition that utilizes a multi-pronged approach. 
Instead of focusing on a number of different conditions at one time for our intervention on a day-to-day basis in the ED, it may be a good idea to really target and hone in on that one key condition that we want to be uh, our focus for a given period of time, whether that's UTI or respiratory tract infections. It seems to be better, at least as described in the literature that we have, that this is successful. And four is that pharmacists continue to play a very integral role in the success of antimicrobial stewardship in the ED and would likely be needed to curtail overprescribing at discharge as we look into the future. So remembering that our pharmacists play a key role in the ED and really pushing and fighting for that presence will be very helpful in us being able to target much of the antibiotic prescribing that really we have a difficult time managing once the patient is admitted, as if they're admitted from the ED, and definitely have, uh, to this date, oftentimes had very little control over or um, ability to address when they are discharged. So pharmacists continue to play a major role. This concludes our podcast episode for today. I hope this helps to give you some idea in terms of how you can begin to expand your stewardship interventions into the ED and into the emergency department if you have not done so already. And also consider how that can look for your facility as we move into the future. So once again, the articles that have been referenced and cited in this particular podcast episode will be included uh, on our website as an attachment. And I hope that you enjoyed it. Take care.